Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. How's everybody doing today? Come on, how's everybody doing today? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, just a couple of prophetic words before we get started. Uh, Mike, I just, the Lord, as, as I was praying for you, uh, as, as I was praying, yeah, uh, as I was praying, the Lord just uh, spoke to me for you, and he said that you're an intercessor, and uh, that you should make a prayer list and write things down that you're praying for, and because God's going to start to check things off of that list. And as you, you're going to write them down, you're going to pray, you're, you're going to be checking these things off. God answered that, God answered that, God answered that, God answered that. And it's going to raise your faith, and God's just going to draw you deeper into that uh, place of intercession, because that's, that's the gift that he's put over your life. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. How's everybody doing today? Good. Good. How many of you want more of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Anybody? Yeah. Come on. Jesus. In the Gospel of John, chapter 20... Jesus says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And then he, it says, Scripture says that he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so as we are sent, we're all sent. Jesus sent the disciples. We're all sent into the world to preach the gospel, the same thing that Jesus did. And the most important thing for the disciples, the most important thing as we step out and go as God has instructed us to go is that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Everything else is secondary to the fact that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we're just going in our own strength. But when we have the Holy Spirit, we go with the strength of God. We go with the wisdom of God. We go with the knowledge of God. We go with the power of God to do what only God can do. We are his ambassadors on the earth. We move with his power and his authority. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can do that. Amen. James, I, I have a... Uh, it's not James, it's Jason. Sorry. Uh, the Lord uh, just pointed you out to me. You kept sticking out in my mind. And as I kept praying, like, God, what do you have for Jason today? Uh, the Lord said that the gift that God has given you uh, is a gift um, that's not like a, what a lot of other people have. And that's fine. All of us have different gifts. But when you step into your gift, other people will be drawn to you and be drawn to the Lord because of what God is doing and working through you. You've got a unique gift, and, and the way that you're going to bring people to Christ is not going to look like the way that anybody else does it, and it's going to be special unto the way that God made you to be. So don't try and Im imitate anybody. Just be yourself. Amen. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, we're in our serving series. Jesus wants you to serve. Uncle Sam wants you for the U.S. Army. Jesus wants you Serving in the kingdom, amen? Amen. Uh, serving is an important part of our walk with Christ. When we become a Christian, it should become second nature that we serve, that we serve others, that we serve people. This should just be like breathing. When we go to serve, it's not that we have to work anything up. When we serve, it should literally just be an expression of the fullness of God on the inside of me. I should want to serve people simply because Jesus is on the inside of me and my heart has been moved, my heart has been changed, and now because of the way that he is, I now am changed and I serve others. It's a dimension of something that happens to us when we follow Christ. Amen. 
We don't, shouldn't have to work at this. Serving shouldn't be like, oh, I've got to go and, you know, wash the floors. Oh, I've got to go and whatever it is I signed up to do. No, it should be like, man, I can't wait. I get to go and do this. Come on. This is exciting. I can't wait. You know, my nine to five may stink, but when I clean the church, that's great. Whatever it is that God's given you to do. When we serve God and we can serve God in all things, this is the beauty of it. Our heart comes alive. Serving helps us to maintain a healthy sense of who we are. Serving helps us to maintain a healthy sense of humility. Serving is our strong suit. We are at our best when we are serving. We are at our best when we are serving. Amen? Today I want to talk to you about having a servant's heart. Because how many of you know that we can do all of the right things for all of the wrong reasons and it will lead to destruction anyways? Right? So today I want to really talk about the heart of serving. Two weeks ago when I spoke, I talked to you about the fact that we all need to serve. Like it's just given. You're a Christian. You're following Christ. You serve. Sign the line. Sign, check a box. That's it. I mean, there's plenty of boxes on the engage card right? Sign me up to serve. If you're not serving, pick a box, any box. They'll all do. Do you have to pray about what you're going to serve in? Absolutely not. I mean, you can, but if you sign up to serve in the wrong area, pretty quickly we'll determine like, no, you don't have a voice to sing, so we can't put you on the worship team. How about we put you someplace else? And we'll find a spot. And, and I, we, I talked about this two weeks ago. It's easier to share a ship that's in motion, Right? If the ship's not going anywhere and we flip the rudder, nothing happens. But if the ship's moving and we flip the rudder, we can turn that ship right around and get it going in the right direction. So if you're doing something, we can easily analyze and say, hey, listen, I've been watching you wash the floors, and I think you'd be better off cleaning up the, the landscaping. Because there's certain things that we can just see. It just becomes evident. Today, I want to talk to you about doing everything that we do with the right heart, with the right heart. Are we doing it for the right reasons? There are scriptures all over that talk about serving. You know, uh, we, hit, we highlighted last week, right, greatness is serving with the, this verse out of Matthew uh, chapter 20. We highlighted that last week. James and John come and they're like, hey, we want to be the best. We want to sit at your right and your left. And Jesus says, no, the best, the greatest will serve. And then he says, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to be served. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. And so there's scriptures all throughout the text. I mean, we could stand here all day and just keep coming up with scripture after scripture after scripture of serving. We're going to look at a bunch today. But this is some intense language. Whoever wants to be first, let him be your slave. We're talking about, we're talking about slavery here. Go the next step. Don't just hire on. Listen, sign the line. This is it. This is intense language. Jesus is talking about some intense stuff. Just the way, same way, Jesus didn't come to be served. He didn't come here because he was going to get anything out of it. It cost him everything he had. He laid down his life. 
He gave his life as a ransom for many. He served with the last breath. He served with the last drop of his blood. He served with the last ounce of energy that he had. He gave it all. And he calls us to do the same. Ephesians 6, is, Ephesians 6 beginning in verse 5, is a, is a favorite scripture of mine. I mean, they're all favorites. How could you pick a favorite? Baskin's Robin, 32 flavors. They're all favorites. Bond servants. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. The word bond servant there is literally a slave. There was two types of servants, doulos and diakonos. Doulos was the typical servant. They got paid. They could, they could quit or be fired. But the diakonos was the slave. They were basically property. And so they didn't have a choice as to whether or not they wanted to serve or not. They didn't have a choice as to whether or not, you know, they, they didn't get paid. But in the same respect, everything that the master had was at the, that servant's, that slave's disposal to be able to protect them, be, to be able to provide for them. If there was anything that they needed, the master had him. And so there, here's this language, and we don't necessarily understand it because slavery is far removed from us. But as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. I always thought that this scripture was fantastic to give anybody an idea as to what your work ethic should be as an employer. And it's funny, uh, the Passion Translation actually uses that language. Rather than using bond servants and master, it actually uses the, the terminology employers and employees. It's kind of interesting. I thought this up years before the, the Passion Translation come out, came out. As slaves of Christ, as servants of God, we should always seek to serve others well. No matter what it is that we find to do, no matter what it is we find ourselves doing, let's give our best. Let's, do what, let's give our all and let's serve as if we are serving Christ himself because we honestly, actually, truly are. We're going to look at a scripture in a moment. Serve with fear and trembling. Serve in sincerity of heart as to Christ not with eye service, not so that people can just see what you're doing. Not to please men, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. What has God put in your heart to do? Do it, and do it with all of your might. When you go to serve someone, why are you serving? Are you serving so that someone can see? Because if you're serving so that someone can see, you have your reward among men and there'll be no reward from God. It's interesting. We're going to look at another scripture following this one. There is a reward for serving. 
That's not even the best part. I mean, there is a reward. That's not even the best part. The best part is that we get to serve. We get to take part with Jesus in what he wants to accomplish on the earth. We become co-laborers with Christ here on the earth just by whatever it is we find to do. What is it that you're doing? Do you work in a warehouse? Do you uh, pour coffee? Uh, you know, work at, who knows? I don't know. Whatever it is that you do, do it with your whole heart. And do it as unto the Lord, as if you were actually serving Jesus. If Jesus were to walk into this room right now, and he was like, hey, can I get a glass of water? Who would jump up to get it for him? Who would be the first? Yeah. <laughs> has the keys. <clears throat> I got one right here. I'll share it with you. We share the cup. <laughs> no one else in this room is any different. We should serve everyone with that same heart attitude. We should serve everyone with that same heart attitude. We are servants of the Most High God, and when we choose to serve anyone, we serve him. Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4, it says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. This is great that there's reward for serving. We're not even going to touch on that much today. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have the reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be done in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. So here Jesus is saying, when you serve someone, don't shout it out, don't tell everybody what you're doing. I'm going to work at the soup kitchen this Wednesday. It's interesting. This is actually, this right here, Matthew 6, 1 through 4, this idea of serving in secret is actually a virtue that eliminates two or three of the vices, the capital vices. There's seven, and this helps to eliminate, it's either two or three of them. The cure for envy is to serve with no one watching you. The cure for vainglory is to serve with no one watching you and not letting anyone find out that you're doing it. Yeah. A little secret right here. Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Watch this. This is the Passion Translation. Examine your motives. <laughs> Examine your motives to make sure that you're not showing off when you do your good deeds, only to be admired by others. Otherwise you, will you, <laughs> otherwise, you will lose your reward of your heavenly Father. So when you give to the poor, don't announce it and make a show of it just to be seen by people, like the hypocrites in the street and in the marketplaces. They've already received their reward. But when you demonstrate generosity, do it with pure motives and without drawing attention to yourself. Give secretly, and your Father who sees all you do will reward you openly." Vainglory is probably something that I struggled with back in my unsaved days. I, uh, many of you may not know this. This was something that I shared at small group because I was sure that nobody knew it because I've never really talked about it. I talk all the time up here, but I've never talked about this. I'm actually a really good roller skater. 
I'm a really good roller skater. For, for um, three or four years, when my wife and I were dating, and even before that, uh, I would go to Guptil's roller skating rink, largest roller skating rink in the world, for like three to four nights a week. I have my own skates. I have my own bag for my skates. I'm, I can do, um, Grace knows the names. Is it the Lutz and the, uh, at, and the Waltz Jump? I don't even know the names of it, but she knows, because she's solid gold back there. I'm just, I'm good. I'm not that good. But I'm a good roller skater. And so there were times in my life where I did my roller skating, and I wanted people to see me. I would skate around the rolling rink, roller rink and go, you know, go around in a circle. And I'd be like, oh, just so if this person was here to see me, if this person was here to see me, if this person was here to see me. And now I've gotten to the point where it's like, I don't care who sees me. I've been delivered from that. Thank you, Jesus. He delivered me from that. I had the, this thing of wanting people to be able to see what I do. I don't care who sees what I do anymore, ever. I've been delivered from that. I used to have a highly competitive nature. God's delivered me from that. I still will bring my best effort to bear every single time I play basketball. <laughs> but the difference is, here's the difference, is that I can enjoy, enjoy a game that I lose just as much as I enjoy the games that I win. That's when you know you've been delivered from a competitive spirit. When you can enjoy the games that you lose just as much as you enjoy the games that you win. I'm still going to give 110%. You're still going to lose. Just kidding. <laughs> but the competitive nature's been squished out of me. <laughs> Sometimes we need to speak those things that be not as though they are. <laughs> Uh, uh, I lose to Fred every time. He's a better shooter than I am. I got the inside game. I got the inside game. Examine your motives. Why do you do what you do? There's all kinds of reasons why we might do what it is that we do. Do you do it for you? Sometimes we can serve because it makes us feel good. I don't need anybody's help. I'm going to go help somebody else. Doing it for me. Watch this. Sometimes we do it for them. We, we do it because they're going to feel good. Sometimes we do it for someone else. I, I'm going to do this, and someone's going to see me, and that's going to be my ticket. You watch this. I'm going to do this, and someone's going to see me. Someone's going to post a video on Facebook. I'm going to become uh, Instagram famous. Someone's going to see me. It should only ever be for God. Why are you doing it? Because Jesus wants me to be doing it. I don't even need to wait anymore for Jesus to tell me to do it. I just look around. I see a need. I'm going to meet the need. I don't need to hear any kind of a voice saying, go to a street called straight. I'm, I'll, I'm listening for those voices, but I'm not, waiting, I'm not waiting to take action until I hear that voice. I'm in continual, perpetual motion. I'm always doing something because I know the heart of God. I've identified the heart of God. He's, his heart is full of compassion and it's full of mercy. And so if I'm moving with compassion and if I'm moving with mercy, then I know that I'm doing the right thing. And so I move in those veins and I, and I tune my ear to listen to the voice that he might call me further, that he might call me deeper. 
prophetic words like this, when God moves and, and there's a flowing of the Spirit, or when he's speaking to you, that's only an overflow of the Holy Spirit within you. And so we only come to that place of being able to hear and being able to, to, to move in response to the Holy Spirit out of an overflow of the Holy Spirit within our life. And so we should always be filling ourselves. We should always be desiring to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should always be focused on filling with that, even while we're doing everything else that we find to do with excellence. Excellence is of the kingdom. Everything that Jesus did, he did excellently. We're to do things excellently. That doesn't mean we're not going to mess up. It doesn't mean we're not going to get things perfect or right. We're, we're, perfection is religion. Excellence is kingdom. Perfection is religion. Excellence is kingdom. I'm not trying to be perfect. I can't be. But I will try to be excellent. Everything that I would do will be done in excellence. I always want things to be done in excellence. Matthew 25, 37 through 40. Then the righteous will answer. You guys know this story. Uh, I, I only clipped out these four verses here. Uh, then the righteous will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, in, much as, in as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And so here's the story where Jesus separates. He says, I'm going to separate the, the sheep from the goats. The sheep are going to be on my right hand. The goats are going to be on my left hand. The sheep are going to enter into the kingdom prepared for their father in heaven. And the goats are going to go into everlasting destruction. And then he says, for this is why, because I, when, I, when you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you saw me thirsty, you gave me a drink. You saw me in prison. You saw me. And the righteous will say, when did we see you hungry and feed you, Jesus? When did we see you thirsty and feed you, Jesus? When did we see you in prison, Jesus? Whenever you saw someone else in prison and you did it for them, you did it to me. Whenever, here's the, here's the import, guys. Whenever we serve anyone for any reason with the right heart, attitude, and motives, we serve Jesus. We literally serve Jesus when we serve one another. How many of you are in love with Jesus? How many of you want to do something for Jesus? Look to your left. Look to your right. He's sitting right next to you. And when we serve the people on our left and on our right, we serve him. When we walk out these doors and we serve anyone, we serve him. The people that we serve don't even have to be saved. They don't even have to know God. As a matter of fact, they could hate God. They could hate God. They could spit on him. And when we serve them with the right heart, we are serving Jesus. But we have to have our heart in the right place. We have to examine our motives. Why do I do what I do? Am I doing it for me? Am I doing it just to feel good? 
Am I doing it for them? And am I doing it so that they'll think that I'm somebody? Am I doing it to be seen by men? Am I doing it so that I can post it to Facebook, post it to Instagram, post it to post it to post it to post it? Or am I doing it because God said so? Am I simply doing it because this is what Jesus would have done? What would Jesus do? He would pour out his life until the end. For, <laughs> you guys have read the scriptures. You've, you, if you've seen The Chosen, great series, by the way. I'm pretty happy with most of it. There's a couple, one or two things so far. Uh, I'm in season two. I don't know where everybody else is at. You guys have probably all finished season two. There's a couple of things where I'm not super happy about, but it's good. It's good. I recommend everybody watch it. Chosen series? Chosen series? Yes, I said that right. Jesus goes around and he's like, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. He keeps doing stuff and he's like, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Shh. Don't tell anybody. Shh. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. It didn't work. The moment they left, they're like, did you see what he did? I'm telling you, he did something over here. Why? Because it was amazing. It was otherworldly. It was supernatural. You can't help but talk about what God has done. When we begin to serve the way that Jesus served and we serve Jesus in serving others, kingdom comes. The power of the kingdom comes in the place and all of a sudden people aren't going to be able to stop talking. As much as you try and hide, you're going to be brought to the light. Do you know what that guy over there in the blue coat did? He prayed for me. And something happened. I felt it. Just keep serving. When, when, God, when the time is right, God will put you forward. You don't want to be the side that faces out. You don't want to be the brick of that side that faces out. That's the side that gets all the abrasion. That's the side that gets all the weather. That's the side that gets the hail and the snow and the sleet and the rain and the frost, and the cold, and the heat, and the summer, and the sun. The inside's protected. I want to be the inside side. I want to be the side that's covered by concrete. Nothing ever changes. Nothing ever changes. Nope. God's put me on the outside. Okay, here we go. And so here's a list, Matthew 25, 37 through 40. Here's a list of how we can serve others. It's real simple, guys. Jesus is spelling it out for us. Feed the hungry. We support Amazing Grace Soup Kitchen We're out of Victorious Life uh, Christian Church. It's got a new name. It's called His Table. Every Wednesday night, some of our people serve there. Wednesday night feeds the poor, feeds the hungry. Give drink to the thirsty. Take someone in needing shelter. People here have done this, do this often that I know. Visit the sick. He's not talking to just the pastors. He's talking to everybody. Visit the sick. Someone's sick, go see them. Visit them. Spend time with them. Go visit the prisoner. We have some people here that volunteer in uh, Cairo's prison ministry. We've had other prison ministries. We'll have them again. Here's the list. It's a short list. There's other things that we can do. Anything that we do, we can actually serve the Lord. Luke 17, I want to end with this, uh, with this story today out of Luke 17, beginning in, in uh, verse 12. We're going to read through verse 20, 19, something like that. Then as Jesus entered a certain village, there met him ten, lep ten men who were lepers. 
who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them returned when he saw that he was healed. He returned with a loud voice and glorified God, right? These 10 lepers are healed. And this guy comes back shouting and screaming, hey, he healed me. It's interesting. I want you to know, it says that they were lepers and they stood far away from Jesus and called out to him, right? Because lepers weren't supposed to approach people. And it says that Jesus responded to their words and he simply said, go and show yourself to the priest. They still had leprosy on their bodies. And Jesus is instructing them, go and show yourself to the priest. And the scriptures tell us that as they went, as they obeyed Jesus, their healing manifested. This is something that we have to understand about healing. Sometimes, if we would just obey what God had called us to do, what God has told us to do, we'd have our healing. There is... Let faith arise, let faith arise, let faith arise. God wants healing more than anything. God wants healing more than anything. God wants everyone to be healed. God wants everyone to be made whole. There's not one person that God wants to remain sick. If you think that God has made you sick and God wants to keep you sick, that's a lie from the enemy. God wants you healed. And I'm not saying this is for everyone, but there are individuals that if you would just obey God, He's told you to do something and you know it. And if you would just obey God, and I'm, not, I'm trying to not look at anybody because God hasn't given me a word about anybody. But if, if you would just obey God and do what he's told you to do, you'd be healed. And they were healed as they went. They began to be obedient and they began to walk away from the church meeting that night and then they were healed. They were healed as they left. They were healed as they went. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and he fell down on his face at his feet, at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 who were cleansed? But where are the nine? Was there not anyone found who returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, arise and go your way for your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. So why did I pick this story out and talk about this story in terms of serving today? Because as we prepare our hearts to serve, we have to understand this principle that Jesus displays. 10 people were healed that day. And one person out of the 10 came back to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so I'm here to tell you today that when you set yourself to serve, whether it's in the house of God, out of the house of God, serve your neighbor, serve your, serve your this, serve that, serve everyone, serve anyone. When you set yourself to serve, you can count on the fact that nine out of 10 people are just gonna walk away from you with whatever it is you gave them. Rarely 
one out of 10, 10% of the time, someone might think to say, hey, thanks. Is that so hard? Apparently it is. If, if the Son of God, if God himself can't get more than 10% of the people to thank him for something that is supernatural and miraculous, why do you think that someone's going to thank you for raking some leaves? I've been sick and my skin's been falling off my body and I can't take part and go to a movie and he healed me and I'm not going to say thank you. What? But we go to side to pour somebody a cup of coffee. Here you go. And they take it and they walk away and we're like, he didn't even say thank you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, Pastor Matt? He didn't even say thank you for for that cup of coffee. I can't believe it. I put that water on that pulpit every single week for Pastor Matt. He never says thank you to me. Never. There's a, uh, there's a statement out there. Watch this. There's a statement out there. We have to prepare our hearts. We have to guard our hearts. We have to have a servant heart. We have to maintain a servant's heart in all things. There's a statement out there, and it says this. Giving and serving are very, very close. And so very oftentimes it's synonymous, one with the other. And so the one scripture that we read, Matthew chapter 6, talks about do your charitable deed. It kind of slices off into to giving, but he's really kind of starting out talking about serving. There's a statement out there, and it says, as givers, we have to have limits because takers don't have any. Right? As givers, when we decide that we're going to give, that we're going to be generous, we have to have a limit because the people who are going to take what we give have no limit. The more we give, the more they take. The more they take, the more they want to take. There's no limit to the amount that they take. They, have, they don't understand that. So we have to set limits. I can only give this much. I know what I can give. The same thing applies in serving. When we seek to serve others, we need to approach with a right heart, with right motives, and we need to know how far we can go before we burn out. Because there is no limit, there is no limit to those who look to be served by us or those who look to have us serve them over and over and over again. When we seek to serve others, we have to know where our limit is, where we're going to get burnt out and we're going to get soured to the idea of serving because people will put too much of a demand on us. How much, should, how much should we be able to serve? Just like Jesus, to the death. Jesus went and he served to the death. He served they whipped him, they beat him, they nailed him to a cross, they, they killed him, and he served them that way. That's the way that we should be able to serve, but I'm not there yet. I, I think if I were to venture a guess that you're not there yet. And so what we do to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves in Christ, to keep ourselves following after him and serving him all of the days of our life is we set a limit and we say, I can go this far and then I need a break. 
I can go this far and then I have to say no so that I can save myself because I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet to the point where I can just serve and 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 serve. I'll get there someday. I'm getting closer every day, but I'm not there yet. So we have to have a limit. We have to be careful. We have to guard our heart in this fashion. Because as we seek to, as we seek to serve, as we seek to serve, we can become burnt out in the doing. There's an old saying that says, I'd rather burn out than rust out. Right? You know, you're familiar with this? It's, it's common among Pentecostals. I'd rather burn out than rust out. I'd rather give it all and then just burn out and be done. Well, the other option is rust out, right? I'm just going to sit around and do nothing, and then the car just rusts out, never even went anywhere. You didn't blow the motor, you just rusted out. There's a third option. There's a third option. It's the option that we should all seek after. Here it is. We should seek to finish well. We should seek to finish well. I don't want to burn out. I don't want to rust out. I'm not going to rust out. Trust me. There's no way I'm rusting out. I'm moving way too fast for rust to gather. I'm not going to rust out. I refuse to burn out. I will finish well. I will finish well. I will set myself limits. I don't know how far I can go. I keep praying. I keep asking Jesus, Jesus, do I need a rest yet? And he says, no, keep going, keep going. I keep praying. I keep sensing the Holy Spirit. Do I have enough of the Holy Spirit or am I getting thin? Am I getting thin because Jesus got thin and when Jesus got thin, he retreated to the mountainside so that he could get more from God so that he could give out some more because we can only give out what we have. Peter and John, when they go to the gate, beautiful, they said, as such as I have, I give unto you. What if we have nothing? When we begin to serve, when we have nothing, we give nothing away. And now we're simply doing tasks. We're no longer giving the kingdom out. The whole idea of serving is that we're giving away as we serve, as we rake leaves, as we pour coffee, as we do, whatever it is we do, we are actually giving away the kingdom. What you find yourself doing is far less important, far less important than how much of the Holy Spirit you have on the inside of you when you're doing it. And your ability to distribute it to those people that you're serving. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter if you preach. Doesn't matter if you prophesy. Doesn't matter if you... Uh, usher and hold the door. Doesn't matter if you make the announcements. Doesn't matter if you rake the parking lot, rake the leaves, pour someone's coffee, serve who knows, I don't know, whatever. Nothing that you do, I'm not saying that what you do isn't significant. Everything that everyone does is significant. What you do is far less important than the amount of the Holy Spirit that you pour out while you do it. I want to, when I, I told you I do things with excellence, when I get up here, I want to give, I want to bring the best message that I can, but far more important than bringing the best message, I want to bring the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit poured out in this place because I could talk to you for 50 years, I don't know that I have that much breath, but I could talk to you for 50 years and try to bring healing in your mind with my words, but God in one moment by his Spirit... 
Everything changes with the presence of God. This is why the presence of God has priority in our lives. This is why the presence of God has priority in our church. Because everything changes when he walks into the room. Nothing stays the same. Dead things come back to life. Because there is resurrection power in the name of Jesus. He makes broken things whole. This is who Jesus is. As we go out of here today, as we move forward and as we seek to serve, I want to encourage you, I want to invite you to get your heart right. Examine your motives as scripture has told us to do. Examine your motives. Why am I serving the way that I'm serving? Why do I serve? Why do I seek to serve others? Because when we examine our motives, we can fix our motives. And until we examine and we identify what we're doing and why we do it, we can't fix it. Why is the most important question that we'll ask? What is it? It's a cell phone. It's an, it's an iPhone. It's a, it's, a, it's a smartphone. What does it do? Carries all my stuff. What is it? What does it do? But why do I want it? Why do you want it? Because it's going to make your life easier. Why is the most important question that we ask? I don't have to carry all of these things. I can just carry one thing. It's supposed to make your life easier. I don't know if it does. Why? Why do we do the things that we do? What is the motive in our heart? What is the intent in our heart? When we ask why, we can boil it down really quick. And then we can bring healing. We can bring correction. We can start to serve with the right motives so that we won't get burnt out. You know, when you're serving God, when you're serving God and you're committed, you're committed to serving him, you'll never burn out because you did it for Jesus. Someone might spit on you after you rake their leaves, pour their coffee. Someone might yell at you after you let them go in traffic or who knows whatever else you're going to do. Someone might treat you poorly. But when you did it for Jesus, they can't hurt you. It just becomes joy. It's in that moment that you can consider it pure joy because you didn't do it for them anyways. You did it for Jesus. And now their ridicule is just proof of the perdition within them, the impending destruction that they're waiting for. All right. Come on. All right. Let me pray and end. This is, this is good. I don't want to go too far. We got next week. Just lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray today that you would prepare our hearts, Lord. Father, that we would have servants' hearts, that we would serve you for all the right reasons, Lord. And God, that you would cause us to be those who would finish well. God, we don't want to burn out. We don't want to rust out. God, we want to finish well. We want to finish the race strong. God, bring healing where there's been injury. God, bring healing where uh, we've been stepped on for serving, where we've been spit on for serving, where we've been ridiculed for serving. God, bring healing where we haven't felt appreciation for what we've done. Help us to identify with you 
that even you only got a 10% return. And Lord, I just pray right now that you would give us servants' hearts, Lord. God, that we would serve well and that our hearts would be right in the serving, Lord. That our hearts would be right in the serving. Heal our hearts, Lord. Bring healing, Lord. Bring healing, Lord. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, you've never started a relationship with Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. There is no greater decision that you will ever make than the decision to follow Jesus. It is the single best decision that I have ever made in my life. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow him, I want to invite you to do that today. With you. If you're watching with us online and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to invite you to do that today. Following Jesus is just about admitting the fact that we are sinners, that he died for our sins so that we could have right relationship with God. And then from that point, we walk out what God has told us to do. However good or bad, we can do that. And this is what Christianity is. This is what it means to be a Christian, that we follow Christ and we seek to obey him in all things. If you're here today and you want to follow Jesus, you've never made that decision to follow him before, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask that you would help me to, for, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would come and live inside my heart, that you would help me to live for you all of the days of my life. I believe that you died for my sins, that you rose from the grave, and you are seated at the right hand of God. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to ask you to do one thing. I want to ask you to check it on your Engage card. Today, I follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you're watching online, you can check that online Engage card and let me know that you did the same thing. If you check that box, I'm going to send you some information that explains the decision that you made, what your next steps are. Your first step, most important step, is get into a good church. If you like this church, come here. If you don't like this church, we'll find a place for you to go. Following Jesus is the greatest adventure you will ever be on. Follow him with your whole heart. Amen, amen, amen. amen. The offering this morning, Brian, please come.